praise you, Lord, I praise you, oh, I praise you, yes, I praise you, how I praise you, my precious Lord. I love you, Lord, I love you, oh, I love you, yes, I love you, Lord, I love you, my lovely Lord. You are worthy, Lord, you're worthy, oh, you're worthy, so worthy, oh, you're worthy. read from Joshua chapter 10. There's nothing too difficult for the Lord God Almighty. And we're going to see what God did for his people in the Old Testament and how relevant it is for us today to know that and what God can do for us today. We can say, oh, God in the Old Testament did those things for those people. But today, what is your problem? What is your son? What is it that you feel that needs to be moved out of the way in order for you to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish for him? See, it's not about what I want to accomplish, right? I'm not just going to go and say, look at the mountains. They mountain move because, you know, I just want to have, you know, fun time. I just want to experiment something, see what the Bible says. No. It has to be according to the purpose of God. God has to drop that into your heart. And according to his voice when you say it, it will happen. And so when you line yourself according to the will of God, then God hears you because you are basically echoing what he said. And then the nature will obey. And so let's read Joshua chapter 10. And I'm going to read from verse 1. Now Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had taken Ai and totally destroyed it doing to Ai and its king as he had done to Jericho and its king and all that the people of Gibeon had made a treaty of peace with Israel and had become their allies he and his people were very much alarmed at this because Gibeon was an important city like one of the royal cities it was larger than Ai and all its men were good fighters now if you read chapter 9 I recommend that you go when you go to your rooms read chapter 9 so you'll know what actually happened in 10. Right? We need to know what happened before. But because of the lack of time, we're just going to go straight to 10. I'm just going to say it in like a couple of sentences so you don't know what happened. God told Joshua, God told Moses, God told the children of Israel, when you go into Canaan, I want you to take each and every city because I've given all those cities to you as an inheritance. It was a promise from God. Right? He said, it has been given to you. And God is speaking to you. The Lord brought that in worship. And I want to say that again. God has given us our Canaan, our spiritual Canaan, our inheritance to us through the blood of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus died on the cross, he just didn't die for, just some, for some forgiveness and say, oh, forgive it. Right? Sprinkle some water and say, forgive it. And we say, okay, I got some place in heaven. No. When Jesus died on the cross, his blood actually gave us the power to inherit all things through Jesus Christ. That means if you have anger, if you have adulterous thoughts, if you have stealing, lying, each city has to be conquered. God has already given that to you because of the blood of Jesus. Without that, you cannot do that. And you see over here how these people 
they are saying, you know what? These Gibeonites, they are stronger than who? AI people who Joshua and the land of Israel conquered. And when we look at the Bible, Joshua and the children of Israel were defeated first because they had sin in their camp. So we need to understand that apart from God, we can do nothing. Apart from God, we can do nothing. Then Joshua went to the presence of the Lord. He said, Lord, what's wrong over here, Lord? Show me, Lord. Why did we? Because you said, Lord, that we will overcome. What happened here? And then the Lord told Joshua, hey, get up. Don't be crying and complaining. Go to your camp and see what's wrong over there. Go fix that. When that was fixed, God gave a tremendous victory to the children of Israel and they conquered Ai. A very good piece of advice from the Holy Spirit this morning is, when you see problem arise, when you see defeat in your life, first thing is sit at the presence of the Lord and ask, Lord, what went wrong here? In your ministry, in your organization, wherever, as the Lord showed me this morning during worship, God is going to take a few of you from here and God is going to put you in other places. The first thing we need to know is, is my team faithful to God? One person brings sin in there, it will affect everybody else. And little leaven, leaven it the whole lump. So it's very important for us to be diligent, be vigilant, be watchful. That's why God says, right? Take care of your sheep. You know, watch over your sheep. See what happens over there. But sometimes Jesus said, while you're sleeping after you plant everything, who comes in? He plants the tears. The enemy comes and plants the tears. And something happens. That is the reason why God says, when you see something prop up all of a sudden like this, go and ask the Lord, Lord, what is wrong over here? God is so faithful. God says, hey, he is the culprit. She is the culprit. All we need to do is see if the culprit will repent, if not remove, so that we can go forward. We don't want to be pulled behind or pulled back because of that one person that we will tolerate saying that, oh, they will change. They will change. But they will change. They will change, like I said last time, when God puts them through the washing machine. But you don't want to be defeated as a whole group by keeping them here. We don't play the Holy Spirit. We don't play God. Let God be God. But we need to know when something goes wrong, we remove them out of the way. Let God deal with them. Right? Push them to the sideline. What happens like, you know, I used to play basketball in high school. And, uh, you know, right? And somebody gets hurt, what do they do? They move them out. You get rest, take care of yourself. You bring the substitute in. That's what God does. If a person is not faithful to God, and we bring a disease into the camp, God says, put them out for some time. And then God says, see if the leprosy is gone. God is prophetically speaking to some of you. See if the leprosy is gone. Go back to the priest. If the leprosy is gone, go back to the priest. Let them check you fully. If it is fully gone, if there is a thorough repentance, God will show the priest that this person has gotten rid of the leprosy. They will be taken back into the camp. That is the grace of God. Love of God. God did that right with Miriam and Aaron. God did that. God still does that today. 
Many times, because we don't see white patches, we think, oh, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. So we need to know the God of Ananias and Sapphira is the same God in the New Testament. He's a good God. Because of his goodness, he removes Ananias and Sapphira away. Because many need to come into the kingdom of God. If you have more Ananias and Sapphira, it is going to hamper the kingdom of God. It's going to destroy many souls. So out of his love, he says, okay, I am going to take... What do you do when you have, see a rotten apple? Right? And then you take them and you don't say, oh, poor rotten apple, I want to keep it. No. We remove it because you don't want the whole bunch, the good ones, to get destroyed. The Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts. First of all, we have to check ourselves. Am I that rotten apple? Right? If I am that rotten apple, if you can cut that rotten piece out, for, you know, somehow, it's good. But we need to be willing to go to the presence of the Lord and say, Lord, just as you said, if your right hand offends you, if your right eye offends you, no matter how right, right, right that is, how important that is for you, God says, get it out of the way. If your cell phone is a hindrance to you, if your computer is a hindrance to you, no matter how important it is, it is better to keep that to the side, not go near it at all. It's worth saving your soul than having a computer in your house, living in sin, God putting you out into the leprosy camp. The Holy Spirit speaks to you, whatever it is, whatever it is, whether it's an old company. You now we ministered at the New York City Rescue Mission yesterday, and uh, they brought one man, you know, to us. He said this man was doing good until he just went home for holiday. He should have just gone home and came back, right? He went home and he went to his old friends. You know what happens? Evil company corrupts good morals. That's the Bible, right? It's not just a golden saying, it's God's word. He fell. And when we saw that man, somebody brought him for prayer. And in that organization they said, okay, we're going to put him away, which is the right thing to do. Even the Bible says that you put the person away for some time until they repent. And so they brought that person because he was going to be put away. And we wanted to pray for him. And you know, the attitude of that person when he came, he said, Yeah, he said, I had a slip, and um, I'm going to go, but I'm, I know where I'm going. I'm going to my family, and I have a job. You know, I can, take, you know, I can do schooling. I'm thinking, really? You have no remorse. You really have no remorse. Mm-hmm. If you don't have remorse, even God cannot help you. Right. Yeah. It's only to that sinner who goes and says, God, have mercy on me. Mm-hmm. And he went out justified. And not to a person who says, I'm fine. And so I said to my husband, you pray. I can't pray. You can't pray. You can't do any magic over there. Only if somebody is faithful and sincere looking for deliverance, will God deliver? But if you already said, I'm fine, no doctor needs to treat you. Because you feel that you're well. So it's very important when we come into the presence of God, to really be honest before God. It takes humility to go into the presence of God. My husband told the person who was going to bring him, you know, the staff, he said, um, he said, he can, maybe he can go to Team Challenge, you know, he has this problem. And I told, I asked the guy, I said, Team Challenge is very strict. I said, if you're humble, you can be in Team Challenge. If you're not humble, you cannot be in Team Challenge. Mm-hmm. I said, so, I said, bring him first. <laughs> when we saw him, we knew he cannot be in Team Challenge. <laughs> because it really takes humility to come under discipline. 
it really takes humility to hear the voice of God. It really, it really takes humility for us to change. Without humility, we cannot change. You're not even going to come under any authority. You're going to say, oh, I'm fine. Right? Fine people don't need physicians, Jesus said. Only the sick needs physician. Only the sick needs Jesus Christ. So if I think I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, then Jesus cannot help. And so, we said, Teen Challenge is for sick people. Because Jesus, the physician, is there. But if somebody feels I'm already well when they're really sick, Jesus cannot help. So, those of you who are new here, God is speaking to your hearts. You need to have in your heart one thing settles once and for all. That I am here so that He can heal me. I am here that He can heal me. There were ten lepers who came to Jesus Christ. And they shouted from far away. They pleaded with God for healing. And the Lord healed them. The Lord said, go, show yourself to the priest. You'll be healed. But it takes humility to call out to Jesus and say, Lord, I have leprosy. Lord, I have leprosy. And so whatever your problem is, whatever area you need deliverance, be 100% honest. 100% honest with whomever God has placed you. Don't try to fake it. If you fake it, you will not make it. Mm-hmm. You need to be honest. 100% honest with whomever God has. Only then they can help you. And God wants to help you. And the Holy Spirit was showing. God has such beautiful plans for each one of you. More than you ask or imagine. We need to be able to come to the presence of the Lord. Be vulnerable. You have gotten hurt many times many places before but no, Jesus will never hurt you you can be 100% open in the presence of the Lord He will never shame you Jesus Christ is the chief physician He will just look at you and give you a thorough analysis of the health of your heart your spiritual heart and God will say, you know what? here, 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 you need so many surgeries, bypass, underpass, overpass, all kinds of surgeries you need. But you have to come under the knife of the Almighty God. God will perform that surgery and He will give you a brand new heart. That is our Lord Jesus Christ. Now this portion talks about the people of God who were told that you can conquer every city. You must, in fact, conquer every city. It's not an option. You have been given this promised land. And you must conquer every city. That's the plan of God. Same goes to you. Every area in your life has to be conquered. The flesh has to be dominated by the spirit man in you. Because greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. There's nothing, like I said, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing, absolutely nothing that you cannot do with the power of God. When that power of God that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside you, you can do all things. All things. So, there's no excuse in the presence of the Lord. And so these people who were supposed to have conquered all the places got tricked. They got tricked in chapter 9 by the people that they should have conquered. You know what their mistake was? They did not go to God and consult with God. Failure to pray. Failing to pray will result in spiritual disaster. If you fail to pray, if you fail to consult with God, if you fail to talk to God, 
you will end up like these people who had the promise, received the promise, were told to capture. He said, you are going to win, just go. Just show up. That's what he said. He has given the victory, go show up. Each and every city, just go show up. He has given it already. These people failed to consult the Almighty God. It's a crucial thing. Right? When they came, we don't even know who they are. Lord, show me who they are. What should I do? But instead, even that Joshua made the treaty, listening to all the elders. Another thing the Spirit of the Lord is speaking here. Do not give into pressure. When you are in ministry, that's right. a key element that Satan will use right. to pressure you. So that you don't have time to think. Quick decision, quick decision, right? Quick decision. There is no thing such as quick decision before consulting the Almighty God. No matter how quick it is, we have to say, I need to go to Him and ask. Otherwise, it will be a disaster. So those of you that the Lord is going to take you out, remember this in your heart. No quick decision apart from the Almighty God. That He will tell you yes or no. He's the God who speaks. And so, these people, because they didn't consult the Almighty God, what happened? They actually lost the privilege of conquering the city that they should have conquered and dominated and lived and inherited. Number two, they failed to obey the command of the Lord. God commanded, take all the countries, right? Possess, wipe everything out. They didn't do it. This place, because they made the treaty, because they got tricked, these people were left unconquered. The Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. Little compromise will lead to big failures. Little compromise will lead to big failures. If you say, that's okay, that's okay. The enemy will not come with two horns and a big tail. The enemy will not come as a roaring, growling, hungry lion. He will come just like he came in Joshua chapter 9 and he will trick you. He will come with tears. He will come with joy. He will try to confuse you. He will do all kinds of things only to take your inheritance away from you. God is speaking to you. God is speaking to you face to face this morning. If you have ears to listen, you will take it to heart what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you. Do not allow yourself to be tricked by the enemy. And don't say, the enemy tricked me. God has given us wisdom. God has given us our heart. God has given us a will to make a choice. So anytime you see the enemy using people to come and trick us, we need to know, I need to run to my daddy. I need to run to my father in heaven and say, Lord, are these people your side? Are they for you? Are they your enemies? And God will say, they're mine. Oh no, they are not. Right? He will never leave us in the dark thinking like, whose side are they? Lord, I don't know. If you have not heard from him, I would say, wait until you hear from him. For he will surely speak to you. So because they missed it. Now they made a treaty with these people, the Gibeonites. And now we see over here, the enemies, the rest of the country, that has not been captured in chapter 10. Now they hear that these people, who are stronger than Ai, the people that even the Israelites feared. These people have made a treaty with 
Joshua and the Israelites. Now they were afraid. I want to tell you another thing here, the Holy Spirit is bringing. The enemy is afraid of you because of God who lives in you. The enemy is afraid of you because of God who lives in you. I repeat, the enemy is afraid of you because of God who lives in you. Why are you afraid of the enemy? Why do you think, oh, maybe I'll fall, maybe I'll trip, maybe he'll pull me, maybe she'll pull me. If you stay close to the vine, abide in the vine, his power will continuously flow through you. You know, the olden days when I was growing up, when I was little, they used to have the electric train, you know, in India. And uh, they had that, um, what's that, the thing that pops out, that, you know, touches the electricity. That has to touch all the time, as long as the train is running. If it doesn't touch, it's not going to run. We have to have our contact with the Lord all the time. If we lose contact, then we will become dead very soon. Like the branch that Jesus says. If the branch is not connected to the vine, it's not going to get the flow. It's not going to get the nutrition. It's not going to get the life. You see the water hose, right? You see the water hose? You know, spraying some moment you want to water the garden. And the water hose, sometimes when you turn it on, enough water is not coming. You wonder why it's not coming. Then you say, go and check the hose. See if the line is clear. And sometimes it will be curled somewhere, right? Bent somewhere. Because of that, the water is not coming. So what do you have to do? You have to go and stretch it. Make sure the line is clear. That's how we have to be with God. Our connection with God has to be clear. Where the flow is clear from God. And same goes with the plant. Just like Jesus said. We have a rose bush. And if it grows, we prune it. And sometimes if it comes out of the way, what we do, we try to push it. When you push it sometimes, the branch bends a little bit. It doesn't fully fall off, but it bends. And it's like this. Second day, third day, you see that turning brown. And then after that, you can easily take it off. Because no life from the plant is going to the branch. Abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ is so important. How do you abide in Him? By spending time with Him. By reading His Word. By staying in His Word. By living in His presence. If I don't abide in Him, then I have no inner strength. Then many people wonder, I don't know why I'm falling. I don't know why I don't have inner strength. Why? We need to answer that, right? Why do I not have inner strength when He has purchased everything on the cross of Calvary? When He has given the victory, when His power resides in me, when I should be dominating my circumstance, my surroundings, my feelings, my emotions, and the things that Satan brings, why do I have no power over it? Because I have not received from Him. Unless it's received from Him, I cannot have power to overcome. Right? We're not God's. He is God. And we are connected to Him. He's the power supply. And it's so important for us to stay connected to the Lord Jesus Christ. If we say, I'm lazy to pray. I don't like to pray. I don't feel like praying. Remember that. That's your lifeline. That is your lifeline. If I truly love Jesus Christ, then it's not going to be hard. That is my love line. But if you have not developed that love relationship with Jesus Christ, go to Him. Go to Him. Each and every day as you go to Him, 
you will develop that intimacy with him because you will know how good he is. You will fall in love with him. But if you don't go to him, you're never going to get to know him. If you don't go to him, you're never going to know who he is. You're never going to taste and see what he can do for you. And so, these people over here, in chapter 10, the enemies were so afraid of the children of Israel. They said, these people already won so many places. And Egypt was a disaster. All these things happened because their God is with them. Now, these Gibeonites, they also joined with them. But what did they do? They called a lot of other countries around them and they said, let's go and fight against the people of God. God is encouraging you this morning. The Lord says, a thousand may fall at your side. Ten thousand at your right hand. But it will not come near you. You will only see with your eyes. What a beautiful promise, right? It's not that you're never going to have battles. It's not that nobody's going to come near you. No. They will come. But they cannot overpower you. They will come. But you have the victory. Unless we have battles, we're not going to be an overcomer. Only people who go to battle will have trophies, right? Only people who go to competitions will have medals. We have a real enemy, Satan. He can bring a lot of evil forces. He can bring a lot of sickness. He can bring a lot of distress. He can bring financial crisis. He can bring health crisis. He can do all things, hoping to drown us down, terrorize us. But if we know who is in us, we can know for sure that because he is afraid of the one who is inside us, he is actually joining. He is bringing more demons trying to see if he can overpower us. But can he overpower us? No. So when you know the result, right? When you know the result is already given, which is victory, victory, victory. All the time victory. No defeat. There is no defeat to the people of God. When you know the net result, when you know the end result of your battle, you can go with confidence because Jesus Christ is going with you. And these people went against the children of Israel and they said, okay, we're going to fight. Now, when Gibeonites heard that, they said, oh Joshua, oh children of Israel, come help us. We made treaty with you. Now these people are coming against us. Come help us. God is a refuge and strength. A very present help in time of trouble. So anytime we call upon him, even if an enemy calls on the Lord, even when Manasseh humbled himself and sought the Lord, my God is a God of love. The Old Testament God is not a monster. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. Read Hosea. Read the Kings. Read the Old Testament. And see the heart of God. He's such a compassionate God. Even to the enemies. Even to the Ninevites. In fact, Jonah got upset. He said, well, what in the world are you? I knew, Lord, you'd do that. No, Jonah had a good vision of who God was. Long-suffering. Slow to anger. Plenteous in mercy. And he said, Lord, I knew, Lord, you would do this. And you did it again, Lord. That's who our God is. So when Gibeonites ran to the children of Israel, even though they tricked 
than before. Because they made a covenant with God, God had mercy on them. So, God says in Ezekiel, if an unrighteous man comes to God and he repents of his unrighteous ways, God says, I will forgive him. And God says, I will bless him. But if a righteous man forgets his righteous ways and becomes unrighteous, God says, I will forget all his righteousness. You know why? Because you know who God is. You know who God is. And so, God is so compassionate to the sinners when they come to Him. You will see to what extent God had mercy on the Gibeonites. Now, the children of Israel went, I'm just going to quickly read, we're going to finish in a few minutes. Let's read from verse 6. The Gibeonites then sent word to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal. Do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us. Help us, because all the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. Verse 7. So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. Now Joshua has all these best people with him. But you have the army against him. It's much more than his army. Right? So he says, I'm going to go home. But like he had some fear. So God is coming and he's reassuring Joshua. What a good guy he is. He says, Joshua, don't be afraid, Joshua. I'm going to go with you. Don't be afraid. How many times in your life, when you were at a crucial point, God came and strengthened you. God said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Right? The same God is looking into your face this morning. He says, don't be afraid. When God is with you, nothing can be against you. When God is for you, no addiction can be against you. When God is for you, no man from the past can be against you. When God is for you, no court system can be against you. When God is for you, no police department on earth can be against you. We have to know that for sure. God is for me. Is God for you? Have you committed your heart to the Lord 100%? Is God for you? If God is for you, know for sure, nobody can be against you. And so now the Lord said over here, Hey Joshua, I'm going to go with you. And I'm going to fight for you. You just look at the way the Lord brought victory. It's comical and it's very interesting. And let's read verse 9. After all night marched from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. First of all, when they all came to fight, you had all the nations come together, right? They all came together from one direction. First thing God does is He confuses them. Now they don't know what to do. They could be brilliant people. They could be smart people. They could be people with a lot of experience with war. They could have the finest technology. But if God is against a person, nobody can stand before God. If God comes and confuses a group of people, nobody can come and correct that. God confused the people who are building the Tower of Babel. 
So if you feel that, oh, he is planning, she is planning, I don't know what to do, I'm scared. Remember that. The God, Joshua, is your God. You don't have to worry how he will bring the victory. He will confuse people or he will send an angel or he will throw hailstones from heaven. Don't worry. Victory is yours. We don't have to sit and say, Lord, how are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? You can do it. So why do you think about that? Give it into the hands of the Almighty God and He will fight for you. Be still and know that I am God. Unless I'm internally still, I'm not going to know He's God. Right? Because I'm constantly thinking, constantly worrying, constantly planning. But the Lord says, sit back. Come into my rest. Learn to come into my rest. His name is the Lord of Sabbath. He is the Lord of Sabbath. He is the rest Himself. When you come into Him, you will learn to enjoy His rest. You won't be a person who is constantly panicking. You won't be a person who is constantly worrying. But you will just enter into His rest and let Him work for you. It's the best life you can live, by the way. Carefree life. Because He cares for you. Two people don't have to worry at the same time. When He cares for you, you don't have to worry about anything. God cares for you. And He fights the battle. He doesn't say, okay, I'm sending my archangel, Michael. He says, I will fight for you. He Himself will fight for you. God is speaking as a prophecy to some of you. He Himself will fight your battle. He Himself will fight your legal battle if you are on His side. Make sure you're on His side. Then victory is for sure. We'll not be defeated. We'll never be defeated. We can never be defeated because Jesus is on our side. I encourage you to go home, go to your room and read the rest of the chapter. But I want to tell you last one thing and conclude. That when the war was going on, God was giving victory. Victory after victory after victory. There were more people to be defeated. And all of a sudden, it was getting dark. Getting dark, getting dark, getting dark. The Bible says, Joshua looked to the Lord. And what, he, what did he say? Sun, stand still. And he said, moon, stand still. He just didn't say like the New Age people said, hey, do this or do that on his own. He looked to the Lord and he said, sun, stand still. Again, repeat, there's no power to you and to me apart from the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And many people will say, like the Word of Faith people will say, oh, confess, confess, say, confess. There's nothing in your confession apart from Jesus Christ. It has to be the word that comes from heaven that you echo it back to Him. It has to be in line with what He is saying for you, for your current situation. Not just take any promise and just keep saying it over and over again. We're not chanting, doing anything here. Trying to work things up. We bring to existence what He has already brought to existence. We take possession of what He has already given to us. Our job is to show up. Your job is to show up. If you show up, you can look at the sun and say, sun stands still. Because he has already told you, you have to overcome and you need light, right? He knows that and he will do it for you. Shall we all stand up together? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The Lord who gave victory to Joshua and his people is here this morning.
the Lord says, I want to say something to you. Whatever problem you're having in your life, your sun, your moon, no matter how difficult it may appear, something that would have never happened before, God says, He will cause it to obey your word, provided you obey His word. Hallelujah. You obey His word and you go to the battle and He will listen to what you say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Elijah was a man just like you. He was a man just like you. He was a human being just like you and me. But when he told the heavens to shut up, for three years, there was no rain. When he went back and he spoke again, rain came again. God heard Elijah's voice because he heard the voice of God. Hallelujah. God is speaking to you. God is speaking to you this afternoon, this morning. The Lord says, what is it standing in your way? What do you think is impossible in your life? Think for a second. What is it that's bothering you? What do you think is impossible in your life? Bring it to Jesus Christ. Bring it to Jesus Christ. Look to the Lord and say, Son, stand still. Look to the Lord and say, Let my problem be removed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Look to the Lord and say, Lord, I need this to be removed in Jesus' name. No matter how difficult it may look, the Holy Spirit says, It will obey you. Hallelujah. Provided you obey His voice. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he shall flee from you. There is no fleeing away from devil's part if you have no submission on your part. Hallelujah. Only to those who submit themselves to the Lord, God gives the power and authority to chase away demons. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Commit yourself to the Lord this morning. I'm going to give you a minute before the Lord. Before the Lord, you commit yourself and say, Lord, I want to hear your voice so that you can hear my voice, Lord. I want to hear your voice, Lord, so that, Lord, my son, whatever my son is, Lord, that looks, Father, Lord, so difficult. Lord, that looks impossible. It will obey my voice. Hallelujah. It has to obey your voice. Hallelujah. Provided you echo what God tells you to speak. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, thank you, Lord, for this morning. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for working in the hearts of your people. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to your people. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for delivering the message that you wanted to deliver this morning. Lord, I know you've spoken to a lot of different people. Lord, I know you have direct prophecies that you have given this morning. And I pray, may your people lay hold of those promises, Lord. May your people lay hold. Oh, Lord, I pray, make them wise men and wise women, oh Lord. Hallelujah. Who will seize the opportunity that you've given in front of them. Who will seize the word of God. Oh Lord, who will grow in your ways, oh Lord Jesus. So that, Lord, they too can one day look at the sun and say, Sun stands still. May it obey them, because they've obeyed you. And I thank you for doing it. Give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.